0: From and McHale to Pippen and Jordan to Kobe and Shaq, the evolution of the best two-man combinations in the NBA have brought us here to Vancouver, Canada, where the shot is always wet because it never stops raining. The tyrants of the travel, gods of the goaltend, overlords of the over and back, from deep in the coop. This is the And None Podcast. Yeah, so, Let's uh, go. Good amount to me. Like I said, there's different amounts. How many? Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Why, I, I would I never everyone. wear a big baller shirt. No, I didn't say even that. Don't talk to me, but I heard you say i not I, I said that I. You're a great reporter, just not reporting on me. Next. Well, next, well, next, well, next. Let me tell you something. Stay in your lane. Stay
1: in your lane. Stay in your lane. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the And None podcast. I am your host, Adam McQueen. You can follow me on Twitter, I Adam McQueen NBA, and we are recording on a Tuesday evening. We had only a handful of games today in the NBA, but we're going to recap what was a quite quite the night of NBA basketball on Monday and briefly go through Tuesday's games and join with me to talk about it all and more is my co-host, The Man himself, We the North. Graham Turner, Graham, how are you? I'm good. It's snowy and
0: rainy here in Vancouver, but the inside is warm and the NBA basketball is flickering on our television screen. It's a beautiful night here. Some great games. Only handful of games like you mentioned, but entertaining nonetheless, and I'm excited to get it all
1: out. Uh, Yeah, I was hoping for more exciting games tonight. I mean, I shoveled snow for five hours today. I came home. I, I was all cozied up by the fire, ready to watch basketball, and then I had to watch a lot of that Pelicans-Wizards game. Oh,
0: it was like they are playing cement. It I couldn't awesome. believe it.
1: It was bad, because the first half was exciting, and both teams were going off, and then we watched, we tuned in. We were the curse today, by the way. Every game we tuned into, teams just stopped scoring the basketball. We put but, the sink on them. We honestly did, because when we tuned in for the Pelicans-Wiz game, that third quarter, it was awful. The Pelicans could not score for what felt like three days, and they they just got blown out by the end. It wasn't really that close. I was like, they do have some good players, and like I was saying to you
0: earlier, Etwan Moore has become a favorite of mine. Just some (laughs) I discovered gem. But man, do they go through periods of time where they they don't look like they've ever played together before. It looks like you and I going out to the to the court and playing together. Like there's just no creativity there's a ball movement i mean it is a weird team and a weird roster with rajon rondo and drew holiday and two of the best probably mm-hmm. 10 players in the league as big men playing together it's a very strangely constructed roster but i think some of their uh staticity i don't think that's a word their static play gets exposed in these, yeah, it's very uh, in these stagnant. games. They
1: have a definite ceiling. Everyone can see it. I, I just want to see them make the playoffs, really, because it would be fun to see Boogie and Brow, at least for one season in the playoffs together. The Wiz, they're back into the playoff picture with Wall returning. They're kind of floating around that 6 seed area. I still think there's a move to be made with them, but with Mike Scott playing the way he is, the kind of unconscious unit really shows how, how much somewhat of a bench could be for the Wizards it just doesn't make sense to me the
0: fact that like Jan Mahimney doesn't play when Boogie Cousins is on the floor it's like why what was the case study of signing Jan Mahimney if you're not going to play him against good big men it just does not make sense to me in the slightest what was the thought process what was Ernie Grunfeld saying to Scott Brooks in that meeting where he's like I'm gonna go inside
1: Jan Mahimney did Scott Brooks just shrug his shoulders and say why (laughs) like
0: what was the purpose
1: And then the Philly-Sacramento game was equally as great to watch. We tuned into that one. Sorry, just just
0: before we move on from this Pelicans, I just want to ask the question. Is Anthony Davis going to be the greatest NBA what-if? Because his injuries have plagued his career. The New Orleans Pelicans have a weirdly constructed roster. Like, I I respect him having loyalty to the franchise, but at some
1: point, enough's got to be enough. Mm -hmm. Well, there was a lot of... Rumors around Boston today, flowing around on the NBA Reddit sphere. Uh, you start looking at that, and who knows? That'd be so depressing. A couple of rumblings. That'd be so does depressing. Does the Paul George, maybe I won't sign back here in a couple of years. Who knows? Anyways, let's, let's, let's quickly go through these Tuesday night games, because we really want to get back to the Monday night, which was arguably the best day in the NBA yet so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philadelphia Sacramento, what like I'm saying, we were skipping through all the games today and we cursed Philly as well because we as soon as we turned in, Philly could not score anything. We had a vintage Zebo game which oh it was it was giving me flashbacks and nostalgia seeing Dave Yeager pulling out his hair, yelling at young players, and Zeebo just getting buckets at the end. I think um, everyone and their mother can see that Philly just a god awful without Joel Embiid, which kinda I think just stops that whole question of who's more important, Simmons or Embiid on that team. It's very strange to me that they are so bad without
0: um, Simmons and Embiid. And you look back to Monday night, and I, I'm sorry to jump between these games Simmons here. and
1: Embiid, obviously they're going to be bad with both of them. I'm talking about
0: just Embiid. No, but I mean, like, when Embiid is missing, it looks like it really affects the way that Simmons plays. Oh, okay. Like, he it's kind of like... If it was just Robin out there without Batman. No one's coming to see Robin. No one's paying tickets to go see Robin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but he he shouldn't be just Robin. Like, it should be two Batmen. It shouldn't be Batman. It should be Batman.
1: <laughs> and no, yet it, it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's the Simmons shooting issue.
0: It is. And that begs the question. Like, Am they I have not? they have Markel Foltz coming back. Ben Simmons, I, I trust will learn to shoot. I, I have the faith that he will learn to shoot. But the ceiling on this team when Embiid is not in it is significantly lower than when it's just, uh, than it was with Simmons and Embiid.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, the Simmons shooting, everyone's kind of talked about it. He's still only just over 50% from the free throw line. And when, like, Covington, your sharpshooter like, what was he, one of 11 from three today, you're not going to win basketball games. We've talked a lot about Philadelphia. I think people, just the, the, uh, the focus has been on them, and the the process, the tank job they've done for a couple years, and then finally, this is their first year of trying to actually win basketball games. There's a lot more focus on them and attention. But at the end of the day, they're, they're um they're gonna their goal is to make the playoffs, and if they do that, I think that's a success, and we shouldn't think anything more of it this year. And then it comes to our last game, which was the most exciting. It was Cavaliers Bucks. It had the potential to also be a blowout, yet. You almost called it. You said when they were down 18, I think, you said, the cows, what are the odds the Cows come back and win this? I said, no. They're playing too bad today, but they almost pulled it off, buying some D-Wade step backs, a couple threes as well, but Yanni
0: and the Bucks hold on. There's not very many certainties in this life, but death taxes and very, very bad Jason Kidd rotations down the stretch <laughs> are what I wake up to in the morning every day and know that I'm going to see by the end of the day. Like... The Bucks, the Bucks have the most I think untapped potential in the NBA this year, and their roster is a well-constructed team. I think I think they they're really going to benefit from Jabari Parker coming back, but like they have some very interesting pieces. Thon McCurr is interesting. I think Giannis is having an MVP type season. Bledsoe's playing well, etc., etc. However the way in which they play when they get into these really bad lulls opens the door for teams like Cleveland. And Cleveland didn't play particularly well. Mm-hmm. Like, LeBron did LeBron things. Uh, D-Wade just had a couple crazy three-pointers. But this was the Bucks game to lose, and they almost snatched defeat out of the claws of victory.
1: Yeah. Uh, just wanted to quickly note, LeBron had the highlight of the night. The inbounds pass off of Yanni's back to the fadeaway three to almost send the game to overtime. That was like a a young man watch this moment. (laughs) Yeah, you've got to to at least guard the inbounds pass. I don't know about that. Anyways, uh, well, I mean, the biggest problem for them is just Yanni off the court. They just hemorrhage points, and the Cavs benched... The Cavs' run was with LeBron really off the court. He was the only one playing well all game until that bench unit just gashed the box without Yanni. So... But they
0: shouldn't be... So, reliant on one guy, like I understand, they're not that good of a team, but why not? Because their players are not that bad. Like, Brogdon was a rookie of the year, yeah, it's a weird one, but he's still a good player, he can shoot. Like, Chris Middleton, he can do a lot of stuff. Eric Bledsoe, at one time, was a very good basketball player, and now they look like they are below average basketball team. I just really don't understand.
1: No, I think you're being too harsh, I think you're just getting a bit bit annoyed and frustrated by the lulls which are evident to see especially in the fourth but they're still they're still above 500 they're a decent enough basketball team i think they're right where they should be for that roster talent
0: i i expected more of them coming into this year i thought cool. with the addition of blood so they were going to be significantly better than they were last year and they don't look at all better than they were last year interesting
1: kevin Durant and the warriors up by six away by the Lakers. here they come it's four on two kcp in the middle bounce larry There's- Look at Larry Nance throw that baby down! Oh my goodness, Larry, you didn't do that! All right, well, the games weren't that interesting tonight, to be honest. Uh, Harsh. Eh, I was hoping for more. Okay, i be honest, because we really, we really got our hopes up at the start of this week with an incredible Monday night of basketball. Yeah, and let's just hit the rewind button. <laughs>
0: sounds like my relationships.
1: (laughs) And kind of go through some of the biggest moments, performances, and games of the night. We'll start with, obviously, the biggest part of the NBA. It was Kobe night. Yeah. Kobe had two of his jerseys retired in the Lakers versus Golden State game. Two jerseys retired. Shaq only got one retired. Is Kobe double as good as Shaq?
0: Yeah, but is Shaq's jersey twice the size. It's both of Kobe's jerseys. Well, did you see Shaq was in the middle of both of them?
1: Size matters. Interesting. Hot take. Yeah. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was cool. It was it was heartfelt. It was nice to kind of. I think that was the final touches of us forgetting about the last like two or three years of Kobe's career. The whole Nash Howard saga. The the goodbye tour he had. And we just kind of got to remember the Kobe, which was the player that dominated the league when I fell in love with basketball.
0: Well, I do want to say, I mean, similar to his last two years in LA and Kobe leaving at the end of regulation, it's no surprise that he left the franchise when they needed him the most. Let me just say that. Leaves at the end of regulation, going into overtime, screws the, screws the Lakers over for two years with that crazy contract. Does Kobe really love LA? Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's a long con to go back Shut to Italy. Up.
1: A long con to go back to Italy. Shut up. Give me five championships and you can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs>
0: it's Robert Ori's championship. I
1: wanted to know what your favorite Kobe moment was.
0: My favorite Kobe moment was actually one of the first series, playoff series that I ever watched. And I got into basketball like I think 99.9% of other Canadian kids because of Vince Carter. Vince Carter was the Raptors to a T, and he was the reason why everyone was interested in basketball. He made me interested in the game. So after that 2001 devastating Game 7 loss to the 76ers, I started to watch basketball a little bit more, and uh, my interest really kind of took hold when the Lakers were playing the Sacramento Queens, as Sha- Shaquille O'Neal called them, in the 2002 Western Conference Finals. I remember the Robert Ori shot, and I remember watching... Kobe beat the uh, the New Jersey Nets in the finals that year. And I just think that that was sort of like the beginning of the Kobe and Shaq era. And I was just happy. I, I didn't really understand what I was watching at the time. I knew it was exciting. I knew that Kobe Bryant was a cool basketball mm. player. But I feel like... You know, my interest in basketball started at the beginning of his dominance and that, you know, our careers have really sort of taken a a similar path ever since then.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's interesting you say that because I have a similar anecdote, my favorite Kobe moment, which was when I kind of fell in love with basketball, was moving to Canada and I was the the LeBron stan. I was all about LeBron. And when LeBron kind of came into the league and the question started becoming, is LeBron as good as Kobe? And this is Pete Kobe. Mm -hmm. And you know what? He was not having any of that shit. And I remember this game vividly. I had to go back on YouTube just to confirm I didn't have this picture just glorified in my mind now when we're reflecting on Kobe's dominance. Sure. But this was right around the, is LeBron better than Kobe moment, around probably when he was like in his third year or so, second year. Yeah. And LeBron picks the ball up. off It gets a rebound. And Kobe proceeds to pick him up from LeBron's own free-throw line, the whole court. And Kobe is like this bulldog on him, hounding him. And LeBron looks like he's never dribbled a basketball before at this point. He's spinning around, trying to wriggle free, and Kobe's giving him no no wiggle room and just hampers him, jockeys him right into the corner, and then just rips the ball from LeBron rips on the court layup done and it was it just blew my mind because i was just feeding into this lebron hype i didn't know any better and i was like no (laughs) no 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 no. this this guy's still the best right now
0: yeah i think i don't know because kobe is in that middle tier where i think you look at guys all time and it's natural i think mj1 lebron two, and then you know after that it's sort of up for debate but you got probably kareem magic etc Kobe's going to be an interesting one, I think, when it, when we look back and look at Kobe in the grand scheme of things because he won so many rings, and yet outside of LA and you kind of diehard Laker fans, I don't think many people would say that he's better than LeBron, but it's an interesting discussion.
1: Uh, I don't know. He's just so polarized and he's loved and hated. What I find really interesting about last night's game as well, mm-hmm. which kind of... Someone, someone on the Warriors did his best Kobe Bryant impersonation, which I really like. Because one of the things about Kobe when he played is, I think everyone knows, he liked to shoot the ball. He sure did. And even if he'd missed a sh- 20 shots in a row, when it came to the fourth and they still were in touch and distance, you were nervous because he can go off at any point and, what is it, Mamba time? Mamba mentality. Mamba mentality. In that fourth quarter, Kobe would just hit unguardable shots and kevin durant did the very same thing yesterday yeah he had his worst game since curry has been injured Mm -hmm. and draymond was out as well he couldn't really hit anything he got dunked all over by larry nance oh my god that was
0: that was one of those dunks though where it looked like he was suspended in midair there's not very many of those.
1: He's he must is he your favorite in du- in-game dunker at this point? Ooh,
0: I think my heart is always going to be partial to James Johnson because <laughs> of because of the quotes that he gives afterwards as well like I cocked it back and banged it on him. Like I don't know, James Johnson just seems like a really cool guy. Larenas kind of seems like a bit of a dork, but
1: Oh, no, Larenas is cool.
0: But there's very few dunks I think that you'll see where it looks like they're floating, and that was one of
1: them. It's because he he has this he extends his arm, right? And he does this Statue of Liberty look, and yeah. just, the ball is just above the backboard. Shout out, Boise State. Oh, yeah, it was great.
0: <laughs> that was a good reference. There you go. But, yep. yeah, I think, uh, I mean, the Warriors, yeah, Kevin Durant, it shows why, obviously, they went and got him. Kevin Durant is still very much capable of winning these games by himself, and just because he plays for the Warriors does not... Diminish his importance at all to this franchise. Mm -hmm. One thing I do want to say, and it's something that's been kind of tickling the back of my mind all season about the Lakers. I've watched quite a bit of Lakers this year, and I've been impressed with the development of Brandon Ingram. I think Lonzo Ball is going to figure it out, and he's still playing well. Contavious Caldwell Pope is an interesting one because he was signed from Detroit, and a lot of kind of like basketball sharps were looking at this signing like this was going to be kind of maybe one of the things that pushed the Lakers over the edge this year, being kind of disappointing. In terms of his impact on the team,
1: uh, I disagree with you in terms of people thinking he was going to put them over the top. I don't really know where you got that from. No, but he I mean. He signed a one year deal to a lot of money mm-hmm. and he was under the same agency as one LeBron James. Yeah. You get your money in the big first year, like maybe the JJ Reddick one, and who knows, maybe if LeBron comes to LA next year, you take a cheaper one. Uh, I think there was no incentive for the Lakers to tank and they had cap room and there's no. There's no problem with them taking a the cap hit this year if it doesn't extend into the off-season or this summer, which is where they're really going to make a splash. So, yeah, get him on board and give him money. I He's obviously – it's Contavious Caldwell Pope. He's I wasn't expecting the world of him, and I he, he, he hit a couple shots. Maybe he probably shouldn't have taken a buzzer beater to win the game last night where he nah. just chucked up nothing but air. But, no, I, I don't know why that's really tickling in the back of your mind. The future of the Lakers is not Contavious Colbert Pope. It's Ingram. It's Lonzo Ball. And hopefully, if Palenka decides to get out his checkbook, Julius Randle as well. Oh, hold up. Ahead of
0: Julius Randle, Kyle Kuzma is the future of the Lakers, man.
1: Sure, okay, yeah.
0: Kuzma's good as well. Kuzma's Kuzma's better than Randle. <laughs> oh my
1: god. Kuzma... Shut the fuck Get Kuz- out of... This is the most hot take... Okay, Kuzma's very good. He mm-hmm. can shoot the ball mm-hmm. and he's shown, yeah, he's stepped up incredibly. Summer League was not overhyped. He's good in the NBA. Randall is someone that needs to be a part of this team to kind of push him forward in that modern style of the NBA because he, when engaged, is a defender in every single position of the court. Yesterday, once again, primetime Randall or primetime Rondo, as you like to call him. Mm-hmm. He stepped up and was a monster on the boards again, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think I would absolutely put money into Julius Randle in the future for the Lakers. And I think you need to. I think you need to play him. Is Julius Randle going
0: to be one of those guys where you pay him and then you don't hear from him for a what, couple you years? You think he's
1: disengaged?
0: I think he's absolutely uh, disengaged. No,
1: I don't think he's disengaged. I would say he was part of an awful first three years with the Lakers. You had. Just, they were just toiling. We've obviously talked about the Kobe situation. Uh, yeah, D'Angelo Russell on the Snapchat fiasco. They had Byron Scott as coach. Yeah, sure you're going to be disengaged. He's come back in the last two years. He's been in a complete different shape. And this year, he's finally put together consistent performances. And if they can get good free agents and they can be a playoff contender next year, then I absolutely 100% am buying, buying, buying. Julius Randle stock. Which Julius Randle are you gonna get? You gonna get
0: national TV Julius Randle? No, he's been consistent this year. I still see flashes of him kind of wandering around, maybe scoping out some hotties in the, maybe some (laughs) Real Housewives of Beverly Hills.
1: Anyways, we've talked a lot of LA. I think there's not really much else to touch on on the Warriors. They're great. No Curry, no Draymond, no problem. I just want
0: to say one interesting stat: the Warriors have the most blocks in the league. And the difference between them and second place is greater than the difference between second place and last in the league. So, the Warriors are great to watch shoot threes, but ultimately, if they do go on to win the championship this year like everyone expects, it's probably going to be because of their
1: defense. And it always has been, really, at the end of the day. Their ability to switch, and now the emergence of KD's second most blocks in the league right now. Man, dude... The dude could become the defensive player of the year. And shout out Jordan insane, Bell for four blocks last night as well. Yeah. Imagine if he was with... Speaking of Jordan Bell, let's go to another team. Maybe the hottest team in the NBA. They're on the third longest win streak right now behind the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets. They moved up to, I believe, 9-20 and yesterday with their sixth win in a row. It's the Chicago Bulls, which when we just talked about the Warriors and Jordan Bell, could you imagine if he was on this team right now? We'd have a cool young young core to look at.
0: Just like everyone expected, the Chicago Bulls, hottest team in the NBA. <laughs> I mean, the young guys
1: look good. And we talked about a bit in our last podcast, people being quick to judge too early on players and coaching careers. Uh, Hoiberg inherited, uh, let's say, a sticky situation with with the Bulls and the... The ruins and remains of the Thibodeau era. Yeah. But now look how well these young guys are doing under doing under him. And then as well, Chris Dunn. I loved him coming out of college. Sure. People just ragged on him last year, and he was very disappointing. But look, he's in his second year now. And people are saying, oh, but he's old, he's 22. Yeah, he's had a bunch of injuries. He's playing incredibly well now, he's shooting the ball well. He's telling people, did you, did you see what he said after he hit that dagger the other day in their win streak? What's that? Uh, I can't repeat it on, on air. It was, it was a bit... I, it needs to be censored, but it, reminds, it rhymes with, mock him, mock <laughs> him, as he was yelling at the dude. But yeah, he's great. And I'm... Obviously, do I think they got enough for Jimmy Butler? Maybe not. Do you ever get enough when you trade away a star player? Not really, but now... You got the Markinum pick, and Kristana actually looks good, and who knows when Zach Levine comes back. I even Bobby Portis is a good role player. Justin Holliday, he looks pretty good as well. He had twenty points at half last time. Shout out for my fantasy team. And I'd be remiss to leave out the man who is yet to lose in the league this year. Our MVP candidate, mm-hmm. Nikola Miritich.
0: Nikola Meritich and Chris Paul, the only undefeated players in the NBA. I know industry. it used
1: to be Milos too, but he
0: suffered a loss as well. well just like day. Rocky Balboa said, it's not how hard you hit; it's how hard <laughs> you get hit and keep coming back. And Nikola Meritich embodies this because he got hit by his own teammate, big big balls Bobby Portis. You know they're not talking still, right? It's dope. He hey, the court. Well, hey, the best communication is nonverbal. That's what, I That's what my body language teacher tells me. But no, the Chicago Bulls are extremely... Interesting. And, like, you talk about Chris Dunn, Nikola Miritich. Yeah, these guys are great, and they're a huge part of this team. But people forget they still have fucking Denzel Valentine starting for them. Like, they have guys, Paul Zipser's playing minutes. Hmm. Like... This is not by any stretch of the imagination an elite roster, and yet they find a way to get it done. And it kind of goes to speak a little bit more to the 76ers that are Embiid, Not the fact that the Chicago Bulls aren't winning a lot of games, but man, the Chicago Bulls, Nikola Mirotic, like, it's incredible.
1: I don't know what that has to do with Philadelphia.
0: <laughs> well, I'm just saying Philadelphia <laughs> should be beating the Chicago Bulls, oh, even if sorry, they don't have sorry.
1: Embiid. Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, for sure. I mean, Miritich, I don't want to quickly chuck him off this bull's wagon, but, man, you could. I wonder what they could get back from him in trade value at this point. Do you want to trade him, or do you want to see what happens when Levine comes back? He is a free agent next year. I'm not sure if he's in their future plans, but if he plays at like this throughout, and it's not just a month-long hot streak, and it's not a contract year Miritich, then, hey, maybe. That being
0: I- said, I could see him playing well for the rest of the year, them resigning him to be a big contract
1: and then never here again.
0: Like that is <laughs> a mean, very his, po- his, possible road.
1: His stats alone right now are ridiculous. though. 50% from 3, 23 points a game, 7 rebounds a game, and he has a 26.9 PR which would rank 7th in the league. He hasn't played enough minutes to log in the in the actual rankings, but if he was to be plugged in there, he would be 7th. I think just behind Kevin Durant, who's pretty good at basketball, last time I checked. Yeah, decent. It's going to be
0: interesting to see if he doesn't re-sign for Chicago, or even if he does, what his value is going to be on the free agent market, because he can do a lot of stuff that modern NBA teams are looking for, and yet we haven't really seen this Nikola Meritage before. Mm-hmm. So, and is that neck, beard, neck beard strong. Yeah, he looks like uh, if Andrew Luck just grew a couple inches.
1: And obviously the Bulls weren't looking to win this year. That's what happens when you just let the Warriors draft Jordan Bell. But there is something to be said for building a culture. Mm-hmm. Just tanking for the tank's sake is not always going to equate to success. I think the draft lottery odds, it will give you the best odds to get the best player. And obviously, therefore, the best chance to get arguably the best player in the in the draft. That's not always the case. I could get maybe Jason Tatum this year. But... I like the idea that you have to at least string together some wins and identify certain good players. You can't just constantly be just hoping for losses after losses. So I'm sure some Bulls fans are probably hating Miratich right now with these wins. But you know what? I think you need, you need to appreciate what these players are doing and you can kind of see which guys potentially you want to keep around Chicago going forward. Just quick
0: question, last thing on Chicago Bulls. Would you... If you were a GM of a team, all things being equal, you have a roster of young guys, do you entrust your franchise with the coaching of Tom Thibodeau or the coaching of Fred Hoiberg?
1: Oh, man. Uh, young guys, Hoiberg. Because, it, you know what? I know what we're going to get from Thibodeau. You, he'll get him in the playoffs. They'll be decent enough, but he's also going to run them into the ground like we talked about. Hoiberg, more question marks, but I really enjoy... The way he's playing and how he's developed these young guys, and especially on the offensive end, because that's what people were hoping for when he came into Chicago. He's supposed to be this offensive mind coming from college. Yeah, it really wasn't the case last year. I mean, that's what happens when you have just no shooting and just kind of a bit of a junk team. So, no, I, I, I would like to see what Hoiberg does in the next couple of years with this team. There are two other very exciting games. Quick shout-out. We're not going to talk about too much. We've talked a lot about Oladipo's success. He played—he balled out against Boston. Crazy finish. Bogdanovich threw the ball away to Rosie. It was actually Bogdanovich's best assist of the year, though, <laughs> surprisingly enough. They lost in a close one to Boston. Boston somehow is the Kings at pulling games out of their asses this year. I don't know. Maybe it's going to come back to Bayern in the playoffs. But we're going to look at two other games that weren't talked about as much, and they were between four teams that are all occupying that middle to lower playoff spots in the Western Conference. And both games were one-point games. OKC beat Denver 95 to 94. Russ had a massive game with 38, nine, and six, and then Minnesota took down Portland at home, and Butler also was the the hero of that one with 37. I just want to kind of throw this question to you. Um, which of these teams do you think is best set up for success this year? And just which roster do you like the most? I think for success this
0: year, in terms of talent and ability, it's hard to look past the Oklahoma City Thunder because the, they have the reigning MVP on their team. They have Paul George, who gets not enough credit for what he does on the defensive end. He's incredible. Carmelo Anthony is up and down right now. Like, you saw him on the weekend. He was balling out. And then last night, I think he had four points. And suddenly He's that down question... down and down.
1: I'm sorry. No, nah, he has flashes. Like I'm so far out on Melo. And I don't want to be just because everyone's jumping on it down his throat at this point. But the stats don't lie at this point.
0: Yeah, I think they have to... I think a lot of that is also the way that they play and the ball dominant point guard that they have. And I, I, I
1: don't think so. I, just, I, just want, okay. I don't want to interject too much here, but there's one thing I listened to while podcast was on. I'm sorry I can't give him the credit enough here, but Melo's success, he always had that old man game. Sure. And now he is also an old man, and it's kind of coming back to bite him. It didn't age well.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's jacking up that many shots anyway. He took six shots last night, so it's not a surprise that he got four points. But it is very difficult to play on a team with a guy that doesn't really want to pass that much and want to jack up like 30 shots a night. So it's unsurprising. That being said, I think on pure potential alone, there is a lot of promise within the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I, I, I believe, I'm, I'm going to die on this hill. I think the OKC Thunder should at least win at least the first round of the playoffs, if not more than that
1: and just by, the virtue, oh my Lord. just by the virtue of the guys Whoever's that they have... Whoever's listening to this right now, save this, save and it. come back in April and just rub mm-hmm. this in turn of space after they traded away Paul George and just milling around the 8th, ninth seed.
0: Yeah, hit me. I'm going to die on this hill. And I think the only... The issues right now that they have is they're missing a guy that can eat up some of the minutes when um, Westbrook is off the floor. Like, Paul George is incredible and i i love paul george He's one of my favorite players in the nba he it's tough right now and you kind of see what oladipo went through last year where russ will go in he'll take a crazy bad shot and then you know he'll feel kind of paul george reading the eye's of his neck he'll kick it out to me like okay go do something that's not the really a oh, healthy basketball team should play so my positivity and optimism for the oklahoma city thunder rests on their ability to figure it out throughout the rest of the season
1: Russ Westbrook's was never shown to figure it out. Everyone's kind of pointed out as well, and they come privy to the fact that Russ doesn't play off ball ever. The stat that was going around about him, how many screens he set for Melo is zero. You can't play with him. If he's not going to play off the ball, then you're practically playing four and a five. You have Robeson out there as well, who's a zero on offense. I know he can't. he is a good cutter, and he can do different things offensively that isn't necessarily shooting. But at the end of the day, You have to have at least a base level of shooting, and God, he cannot. I'm sorry. It's just at that point. And if Westbrook's not going to help himself either, I don't know why you're optimistic about the situation. I get talent level. They're the most talented team out of the bunch. But the team that I'm more interested in, and there's a lot of question marks, and they're kind of the anti-OKC, and that's the Denver Nuggets. Sure. It was such an interesting matchup because where OKC has zero depth, literally no depth, Last night, only one other player scored double digits outside of Russ. And I'm not sure if you have the stats handy, but can you guess? One other don't player look. scored double digits outside of Russ? Give me, just don't look. Who do you think? I'm going to say Jeremy Grant. Wrong. Uh-uh. Abrinus. Oh, great player. Abrinus was the only person to get double digits. Shot 100% That's from the a, field. Good for him. That is a poor recipe for success. When I look over at Denver who have a ton of question marks, there's a complete different situation for them. They have a lot, a lot of good players. They've almost got too much talent, where the real problem lies within a coaching situation and the ability to figure out who is going to play what in what position and how the rotation is going to work and how the minutes are going to align and really kind of figure out their identity. I think... The fact that OKC have been miserable with their whole team, yet the Nuggets have stayed afloat with both Millsap and Jokic out, and Jokic has come back, but he's still playing limited minutes right now. He came off the bench yesterday. I would be more optimistic about Denver. Um, yeah, they don't have two players that have the potential or the the ceiling that George or Westbrook have, yet I like the players they've got. They just need to figure out where they go from here. and. It could be bad. It could end up being good in the in the future. But I like that you have so many, so much talent and assets, so to speak, that you have more kicks at the can in determining what your roster is going to look like. I think what Jokic and Millsap's injuries did was allow Murray and Harris to really excel. They've started in the backcourt together now. And it's an interesting situation because a lot of people were calling for the Nuggets to get up. Pass first or facilitating point guard. Maybe blood saw in that trade rumors. Everyone was begging for Kyrie. I'm not really sure what the what the offer would have been for them there. And even like Mike Conley's been thrown on, but they like Murray and Harris together. And Murray's just scored under just under 20 points a game in the last five. He's not really a passer. He's more of a score first player. Harris has been he's been absolutely on fire from November onwards when Milstead went down. And Harris does have the ability to be a passer, which is which is something you need out of one of your two guards. But with Jokic in that situation, I've talked about before in our mock draft, is his ability to be a playmaker and passer out of the high post kind of negates the need for just a a true type of point guard. And with Mil, um sorry, with Murray and Harris, you have two deadly shooters. So I like that kind of situation there. It's still I don't know. There's there's the one thing is, I hope they they can figure it out because there is constant constant question marks. They've been torn on defense, yet they found another diamond in the rough. And Denver Reddit, which I was going through today, are they're hyping up this guy Tory Craig. He went he played really well yesterday. Didn't miss a shot. G Leager. He was a two way player for the Heat, I think, briefly as well. And he was just a he was a menace defensively. He's already looks like their best wing defender. And maybe he's going to start getting minutes. I think you also have a player in Trey Lyles, who they traded for, which people have been making fun of him for, losing Mitchell, which, I mean, it's tough. Look at Donovan Mitchell. But I really do like Trey Lyles' game. Do you start playing him more minutes? Because he's a really good shooter, and he kind of helps that flow of that offense. Whereas Chandler, I mean, he's a good player, but like I think he's a bit more of a ball stopper, and he kind of, kind of clogs him up in the offensive end, I think. What do you do with Will Barn? He's another really good player I like. Another shout out to my fantasy basketball team. But he's an upcoming free agent. Do you keep him on board? How much do you keep him on board for? So there's a lot of questions with them. But I think they're the most interesting team. And they're an enjoyable team to watch. And there is potential. If they can figure it out. And if they can just nail one more thing. Like getting Jokic in the second round. Maybe pull off a trade with all these players that they still have. I mean they're still... I'm sure Farid. There's a place for Farid somewhere. Ooh, Farid's value is
0: plummeted. I, I remember know. a couple years ago the Raptors know. were looking at him, maybe even trading a first rounder for him. Now, now he's <laughs> that, getting
1: DMPs. That is not happening. But they, they even have like Juancho and Gomez is a good player, and Malik Beasley's young and good as well. That I don't know where they get their minutes from. But like I'm saying, yeah, there's there's not anyone with maybe the superstar upside that Towns has on Minnesota. Sure, yeah. I think the issue with Denver is this, and you touched on their
0: defense, but it's worth saying they're a they're a bottom ten team in the league in terms of points allowed, and that's you can't be having that going into the playoffs if if and when Denver make the playoffs. Like I think they have a lot of very interesting players, and I really like Jamal Murray. Um, I really like Will Barton. I really like a lot of these guys. The issue is this, with all these good but not necessarily superstar players, I think the ceiling is by necessity lower than a team like Oklahoma City or Minnesota, and you're always going to struggle when you have all these decent but not great players that can't really play defense.
1: I, You need to stay in your lane there, because they're young, man. They're all so young. You can't just say they're decent but not then great why, players why are when are under the age of 23.
0: Then why are you signing Paul Millsap? What's the what's the purpose of that? Paul
1: Millsap is someone to usher them in. Why did Boston sign Al Horford?
0: Because he's a way better basketball player than Paul Millsap, and
1: why? Okay, wow, that is revisionist history because they were both equally as good players together in the Hawks when they won sixty. Sure, but I think it's also the fit. Incredibly underrated at all times. I, I think it's also the fit career. in the team.
0: The way that Boston plays lends itself to having Al Horford. Well, now
1: it does. Yeah. But I'm saying, when Denver figure it out, you need one older veteran guy who, you know what? They had the cap room for Millsap. Why not bring him on board and start... Because he is someone that's going to ensure playoff... Vic- not playoff victories, playoff appearances. Sure. Then you get these young guys into a situation where they can start playing playoff basketball, a la Boston the last two years, and... Mills have gone to that point. Maybe he's not the guy you're gonna have when you want to win a championship. Sure, but he gets him to a level, and now you can start playing your younger guys in more meaningful games. You need to get to a certain level to get in the and then you can see what young guys you, you have and what they can do. And that's why I'm saying Jamal Murray's young. Mm-hmm. Gary Harris they signed him to an extension. Young. Jokic, even though he looks like he's 32, he's 23. Sure. These guys are all young <laughs> players. That are, are good. Trey Lyles is still damn young, even though it feels like he's been in the league forever as well. All these players, I mean, I don't really know about Emmanuel He's. It looks like they'll be ready to get rid of him at any given moment. Yeah. He's had a couple good games, but yeah, I'm not really too worried about that. But I just look at the amount of depth and the amount of... I know you're saying good, not great, and I understand what you mean. None of these guys are your superstar players, and no one looks like they're going to be the... I doubt any of these guys are going to make the All-Star game outside of Jokic. But at the same time, I think they're young, and they have... If you have that many good players together, and if they can just start clicking, I don't know. I'm I'm optimistic for a team with that many young, good players that are winning games because, hey, the Minnesota Timberwolves had two number one picks weren't winning games until Jimmy Butler came around. No, I totally agree. I, I
0: think it's, it's totally fair to be optimistic about the Denver Nuggets. I, I'm optimistic about them as well. But the fact remains, A... I would like to see more of an identity come out of there, and I love the potential that they have. I actually really like a lot of their players. They need to start playing defense, especially down the stretch, and I've watched a couple of Denver Nuggets games. They really struggle on the road, and Denver, like their home court's a bit of a fortress, which I think is fair about most Denver teams, like across all the Mm -hmm. different professional sports. Mm -hmm. I will say this, though. It is very difficult being a franchise like that as well, where you have all this potential. You're winning. You're probably about 500. You might see it in the playoffs. You don't get a very high draft pick. Rinse, repeat. And I think in order for them to reach the next level of being an NBA franchise and trying to get one of those top four Western don't conference Don't you dare say blow it up. No, I'm not saying blow it up, but you need to start really making moves in free agencies for guys that isn't Paul Millsap.
1: I know, but they're not traditionally a free agent destination. Sure. They're not the, they're not those massive markets. I know markets probably don't matter as much now, but they're they're not necessarily attracting the top top tier, which is, is tough, but I think the way to attract certain players is by winning basketball games and being in the playoffs.
0: No, I totally agree. And I, I like I like the culture element. I like the potential element. I just think it's also easy to get stuck in the spin cycle of picks between twelve and twenty. And you're trying to make the playoffs, or you just don't make the playoffs. It's just very difficult once you're in that NBA middle class to get out of there.
1: I suppose so, but the picks have been good. I think think I'm going to put more on the coaching situation. I think you need to, at some point, tighten the rotation and figure out which lineups you want to work with best and go from there. And obviously, it's going to be tough with Millsap out, but at least with Millsap out, it opens up a spot as a... I don't know, a proving ground for certain players. Sure. And so I think if you begin to tie up the rotation as it goes along, obviously it's a long season, so everyone should get ample opportunity to almost put their hand up for selection. Sure. And then as, as Millsap comes back and I'm sure they're still winning games, they're going to be in the playoff picture. I'm sure of it. That once you get around to that February, March is when they start tying it down to an eight man rotation. and They know what they're going to do and how they're going to play in playoffs.
0: Sure, I think the biggest key for the Denver Nuggets going forward is one of the hardest things to do in the NBA, which is correctly evaluating talent. And for the Denver Nuggets, they are going to have to make some very, very mm-hmm. difficult de- decisions going forward oh, in terms of who they keep and who they let go, and that will define their future and their success. For sure.
1: And speaking of evaluating talent, it's, that's what's kind of screwed up the, tr- the Blazers. Yeah, absolutely. Evan you Turner's playing yeah, way go too hard. I took the words out of your mouth. That's tough. I think the Blazers probably have the least flexibility in terms of moving up or moving down, Yeah. whereas absolutely. the others can capitulate or become very good. Capitulate. I think they're kind of... Huh? Capitulate.
0: A great word. You like that
1: word? Yeah, I did. Uh, I was reading the thesaurus today. Wow. Uh, so there, I, I got them in the middle ground. We've talked about them before. Uh, we, we've also talked about Minnesota a lot. The Turner's, Turner and Kevin O'Connor's bandwagon get Tibbs fired. I just think it's it's so
0: unfortunate to watch it. It's like someone who it's just like buys a new computer or something and treats it so poorly, and you know it's gonna be broken within a year.
1: It's the most unsatisfying. What are they, seventeen and 12, seventeen and thirteen right now? It's, Man, you talk about this is the watching, most unsatisfying winning season.
0: You talk about watching New Orleans play in molasses. Minnesota is another team that definitely has
1: some molasses stretches. Yeah, it's it's not really good to watch. I know. I they got they got they've got. They've got Arguably, the best play of the lot in terms of upside and potential and talent. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just don't really want to talk about Minnesota anymore. I thought Denver Denver, far more exciting to watch. And I just like the question marks. And I just hope that they can kind of make moves to become a regular high playoff seed. And who knows? I agree as you well. Like- couple, all you need is a couple breaks and then you're, you become... It must, be, Warriors.
0: it must be tough being a Denver Nuggets fan, though, I have to say. They've gone through a lot of emotional turmoil in that franchise.
1: Absolutely. I think it's a lot of these... Shout out Masai Ujiri. Oh, yeah. Shout out Masai Ujiri, because he, he, he did some great stuff for them. He really whole, did. I mean, the hole didn't turn, turn out, even though they got a lot for Carmelo, and he was going to walk anyways. Yeah. It didn't turn out to be like the best group of guys ever. But they still, I don't know. I appreciate Denver as a Memphis Grizzlies fan these small market teams getting getting just scorned by Mel I couldn't imagine that happening and I look at you look at I don't know teams like Utah and Darren Williams just suddenly wanted out it, it's tough for those teams I and mean, we're talking about like securing free agents yeah I'm not sure if anyone's I don't know, Denver's a, Denver's a great place, but I don't see people clamoring to get there. It's not. Well, hey,
0: here's a, here is a real maybe turning point for this franchise maybe a year or two down the road. What happens when the NBA allows their players to use marijuana? Because <laughs> now Denver, maybe that becomes a much more high-profile free agent destination. Flying high. Flying not high. Not only in the altitude. And you got the Papa John's right there. It's perfect. There you go. Anyway, that wraps it up for our... And on podcast for this evening. We are on our Christmas schedule going forward here. So we have this podcast this week. We will have one for you uh, during the Christmas week next week to recap the Christmas Day NBA games, the apex of the NBA season before the playoffs. It's all of course. starting. It's all starting. Uh, we will be back to you then. In the meantime, feel free to rebrowse our U23 draft, which I'm sure you guys will enjoy if you need a little reprieve from your uh, families. If you're in a George Cassandra like situation, perhaps. Uh, until next week, we are signing off. Uh, my name is Graham Turner. His name is Adam McQueen. You can follow him on Twitter at Adam McQueen NBA. Adam, do you have any interesting basketball pieces coming up on the 94 Feet Report?
1: I'm pretty boring right now, actually. I think I may have one or two coming up over this holiday season. I haven't quite decided what yet. Okay. Maybe mm. the Denver Nuggets. I know. it There very well could be a Denver Nuggets one. Uh, yeah. So just keep updating that on the 94 feet report. And we'll catch you guys soon enough. Stay tuned. Later, Love you guys. Stay in your lane. Stay
0: in your lane. Stay in your lane. In your lane. Why, I, I would never it. wear a big ball a shirt. No, well, I, mean, I didn't say that. Don't say I I said that. I You're a great say reporter. That. Just not reporting on me. Next well, Next. Uh, well, next uh, well, uh, well. Let me tell you something. Stay in your lane Stay in your lane Stay in your lane